Hey, I'm Tyler Gee, and from the Fantasy Football Franchise, I'd like to welcome you in to listen to the IDP guys. You're listening to the IDP guys with Sean, John, and Nathan. The Wizards of Fantasy Football. Your go-to source for the individual defensive player strategy. And now, three guys who could only make an NFL team on Madden. And welcome back to the IDP guys. I'm Nathan and I'm here with uh, my co-hosts, Sean and John. How are you guys doing today? Hi. Doing all right. How you doing, man? Pretty good. We're here for episode thirty-one. Should be a good one. How was your uh, How was your Easter's? Okay. Didn't even know it was Easter till it was over. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we took a a little break from the show to uh, to you know, celebrate Zombie Jesus. Yeah, basically. Um, but fun fact: while we were on break, we got a interesting call on our. Uh, our, our phone line, whatever, um, from Paul Puzlesley's neck, uh, or otherwise known on Twitter as at thick neck pause. Uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's listen to this. It, it's pretty interesting. I, I definitely enjoyed it. And here we go. Hey guys, this is Paz's neck down in Duval. Just wanted to say, I think you're doing pretty great stuff. Wasn't real sure what to think about DP and guys, but <laughs> once you explain the whole Foxborough thing, makes a lot of sense. Up there taking care of that pencil neck Tom Brady. I always love putting him on his back, just like the pencil neck running backs. Damn AFC South can't do shit anymore. Now that I'm gone, no good running backs there to take down. The only good ones are boy Leo. Make sure you're looking out for Blake Bortles this year. Oh, man. Only quarterback in the league worth a shit. Definitely going all pro. He's the guy you want to watch out for. What a shout out to my second home, London. Yep. Love you guys having us out every year. Don't forget, everybody. Duval! <laughs> oh, yeah. He's right. We do DP guys. Yes. IDP we, guys. We, yeah. we DP guys. DP guys, especially right. Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Paul Puzzlesny, amazing uh, uh, linebacker linebacker from uh, Jacksonville there. Yep. And uh, we are always glad to field calls from his neck. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. He does have a big neck. He, yeah. I never really realized it until we saw that Twitter picture. It's mm-hmm. like, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, big enough to host a Twitter account. Absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> With that, let's move into the news and notes. John, take it away. Okay, not a ton of signings this week. That's kind of calmed down somewhat. Uh, The biggest news, I think, um, well, up there anyway, is Thomas Davis suspended four games for PEDs. Uh, He said it, he he had a uh, little message he put on Twitter. He said um, he made a legit mistake. It's his fault. He's sorry about it. Uh, The fallout from this is Keekly, who's already super valuable, becomes even more valuable for the first for, yeah, there you go. It's huge buy, especially for the first four games next year. But I mean, he's going to be one of the top linebackers that goes first anyway. But um, that was interesting. Uh, Cooks, Mr. Brandon Cooks went to the Rams. That was wild. Uh, 
Belichick ain't looking like a genius again. Got a better first round pick out of this deal and only had to pay one year of, was it his rookie contract, I think? I think so. Yeah. Uh, also, Sue went to the Rams. We missed that because we were on uh, Easter. Yeah, seriously. Their defensive line is looking ridiculous. Uh, Brockers, Donald, and Sue are going to cause havoc. Uh, Matt Castle went to the Lions. That might be the biggest move this week. <laughs> oh, shit. Did you put that on loop mode? I did. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. That's why it took me a second. Yeah, I just put that in for comedic effect. What did, what did you guys think when you saw that? We've got two Lions fans here, of course. I just don't care. Like, it's it's the most worthless thing where it's if Stafford goes down, the season's over, and yeah. that's the end of that. So who the fuck cares who what, the backup what about is? For a game or two, do you do you want him or who's the other guy? Jake Rudock. Jake Rudock. There you go. I'd take Castle over Rudock. I think they're both going zero and two if they play two games. <laughs> yeah, so. that's, that's also <laughs> true. Uh, I think, and this was better uh, talked about on the uh, Detroit Lions podcast from Reddit, um, that Matt Castle wasn't really a signing as a backup quarterback, was more like a kind of a secondary quarterback coach because he was, you know, he's from New England. Um, You've got Matt Patricia coming in and he's going to instill kind of that New England system. And um, from what I understand, Matt Castle is going to be kind of the bridge of uh, the New England terminology to help Matt Stafford kind of get up to speed, get up to speed and figure it out. So, I mean, he could end up not even making the team. So interesting. Well, that was noteworthy. Uh, Let's see. And then the last one, uh, Johnny Manziel is sober, married through his first touchdown pass in 832 days in a spring game. And uh, is looking to make a comeback in either the CFL or NFL. So buy, 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 buy. I don't know. Is that a buy? What do you think, Sean? It's, it's uh, not a buy. Even in I, the, Deep Dynasty. Or I don't whatever? know why anybody's interested in this. I <laughs> like he's been out of the NFL. He only played really one year, and they just it takes time for quarterbacks to get up to speed. And I don't think that playing in the spring league and playing in the CFL is going to give him the necessary preparation to get ready to play in the NFL. And by the time he's ready to play in the NFL, how old is he going to be, man? I just, mm. I don't see it. And I don't know. What, I'd be happy to be wrong, but I just don't see it. What about this conspiracy theory that the, uh, the Patriots have been at, I don't know if they're pro days or practices, but they've been there often to look at him lately. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's crazy, right? That's what I, I think is uh, the case with that is so it, it's, it's kind of causation, not correlation. Um, there are pro days and there are scouts at them. And then the, the uh, people putting on the pro days also invite Manziel. So it's just, they're there. You know, and hey, who wouldn't want to just go and see what's up with Manziel? Um, I don't think they're specifically scouting him. They're just, they happen to be within, you know, 20 yards of where he's throwing. Yep. No, that's pretty much where I'm at. I don't see this as people scouting Manziel so much as scouting the players that Manziel's throwing to. Gotcha. All right. So, yeah, that's 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 the news and notes this nice. week. Yep. Um, so for everyone out there, we're coming up on the uh, NFL draft. And if anyone is looking for 
kind of some commentary to put on there because we all know how great the uh, ESPN and Fox uh, uh, commentators are. Uh, But if you're looking for some really good, you know, uh, commentation, uh, I'm doing good with words here. But uh, check out the Detroit Lions podcast YouTube. Uh, They will be putting on a live draft party. Um, it's generally pretty, pretty good. It's the third annual and this year I'll be helping out, uh, producing in the background, um, made some graphics and, uh, going to be helping out Chris over there. So that's, uh, uh, April 26th. So that's the Thursday and should be starting around eight o'clock when the draft starts. So you can, you know, have your TV on watching everything on the draft and then, uh, have YouTube on in the background on like your computer or something. And, uh, it's usually a pretty good time. And you can call in and stuff. And it's good for, you know, it'll gear a little more towards the Lions picks, but they talk about everyone. Good for fantasy football. Good for just any team that you like in the NFL. Yeah, so, uh, if you don't want to listen to Mel Kuyper, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that'll be going on. Um, check out YouTube. Go and subscribe now if you can. Uh, Detroit Lions Podcast. Just search that in uh, YouTube, and it'll take you right to the uh, the channel there. So, but with that, let's uh, let's shift focus over to uh, the gut checks. And uh, we've been off air for about two weeks now, so uh, let's uh, let's rewind a little bit and. Uh, talk about what we did uh the last episode for these um the first one that comes up uh we our offensive one two quarterbacks here uh Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz and with 137 votes Aaron Rodgers got 76 percent what do you guys think sounds about right yep yep agree for sure and then the other one here boy what did I just do uh, so now this one's a little more, this got hijacked by the lions, uh, Twitter. And, uh, this was two cornerbacks, uh, Darius Slay and Desmond King with 120 votes. Uh, Darius Slay won 64%. And I, I think people weren't reading into this, uh, IDP wise as much as they should have. They were probably just looking at overall players. We're, we're talking about IDP production. Um, and that's just a general thing for our channel here, for our show. We could give a flying shit about your three-point stance, your 40-yard time, your jump, uh, how well you play in different schemes. We're talking about IDP production. That's what we try and bring to you guys. So that was the aim with this poll, and it mm-hmm. just it just got hijacked. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, you know, I like Darius Slay. I don't remember who I picked. It's been a couple weeks, but uh, uh, him versus Desmond King. Desmond King does have that uh, that multi designation. Yeah, yeah, so. two two designations, and yeah. and they were off by like they they were a literally point. yeah it was like a point difference last year. But like we were saying before, uh, I, I you know no one's gonna throw at Slay as much right. as they did this year. They they exactly. learned their lesson, I think. Yeah. And so the last one from the last episode, two defensive ends, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, uh, 163 votes and 61% for Joey Bosa. Yeah. And I read in the comments on this Twitter poll that um, a lot of this had to do with how different um, league setups had their slots. Like mm-hmm. uh, my ID, my, my fantasy football, what's that one called that we're in? 
Yeah, yeah, my MFL, fantasy, my yeah, fantasy yeah, league. M- yeah. My fantasy league, right? They have the edge rush slot, mm-hmm. so some of these guys get the the DN sl- the tag, the LB tag, the edge rusher tag. It depends, you know, what they get in what league. You know, that plays into how valuable they are. Because yeah. if if they're stuck as a linebacker, just a straight linebacker, you're not going to take one of these guys over someone like you know Bobby Wagner right. or, or Blake Martinez or something like that. Because these guys get a lot of sacks, but they don't get a lot of tackles. So unless they're getting that D end or edge rusher kind of tag, they're not as valuable. So I, I saw that that played into this quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So with that, let's uh, move on to this week's uh, gut checks. John, you want to kick it, kick off the conversation? Sure. Um, and we'll go defense first, then offense. Um, like every week, we try and pick something that uh, is close uh, stat-wise from last year, and um, just kind of you're thinking more with your gut here, less with your mind. Um, first one is Rashad Jones versus Landon Collins. With these two, you have. Uh, two out of the last three years, you have the guy that led the overall IDP stats, period. Uh, and these are both safeties. So when you're talking a safety that finishes the year with the most IDP points and beats out linebackers like mm-hmm. Keekley and Wagner, that's incredible. So these guys are both super valuable. Um, last year, Rashad Jones played 16 games, had 94 solo, 28 assists, one and a half sacks, five pass defense, two picks. Landon Collins last year played only 15 games and uh, missed a good portion of one other when he got pulled early and also started the season with some leg injury, knee injury issues, but still managed uh, 78 solo tackles, 26 assists, six pass defense, two picks, and one forced fumble. And the year before this one, 2016, Landon Collins was the overall IDP leader, and the year before that, Rashad Jones was the overall Mm -hmm. IDP leader. So you're looking at... Two really, really good guys. So you're happy either way. But what do you, who would, going into next year? Who do you guys think? Who do you guys want? Yeah, I want Rashad Jones. I think is that because of the offenses that uh, play into that, or what's your reasoning? Yeah, I think that Miami is a goddamn dumpster fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what they're doing over there, and. So I think that he's going to have plenty of opportunities to make plays. And like, granted, it's kind of the same situation with Landon Collins, but I have more faith in the offense over in New York bouncing back than whatever they're doing in Miami. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would tend to agree. I'm going to go with Rashad Jones also. Uh, He had a really good year last year, too, uh, playing all 16 games. Mm -hmm. Uh, These guys have both had issues with injuries, but nothing too bad. Uh, Rashad Jones did miss the final 10 games two years ago. But um, you're happy either way, but I'm going to go Rashad Jones. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I mean, looking at these guys, um, Miami is basically playing for a title in 2030. Um, (laughs) They lost Sue. And, and Landry, so and, their, their and offense Landry. is going to take a step back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm definitely going Rashad Jones on this one. Um, on the flip side, Landon Collins, you know, uh, the team is – the offense is going to get better. Last year was probably like a bottom because they lost, what, all three of their wide receivers. Yeah. And uh, Manning was playing like shit. And then now they added Alec Ogletree, which is going to eat into a little bit of the – Production. Defensive production and yeah. then def- uh, defensive time on the field is going to go down. 
Whereas with Rashad Jones, um, you know, they're, they're losing people and their offense is getting worse. So his um, his time on the field is going to go up. So I, I'm definitely taking Rashad Jones. I think that the difference between these two guys is whether or not you take them like IDP one or two in your draft. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think there's going to be a huge difference between them. And I both I think both of them are going to be top of um, their tier. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. All right. So that was the first one. Uh, Okay. Second one is uh, we'll touch on some linebackers here. Uh, Sean Lee and Von Miller, right? Mm -hmm. So looking at this without even looking at the stats, a lot of people who maybe haven't played IDP as much would would say Von Miller. He's he's a defensive superstar, you know, basically helped Denver win that Super Bowl with Peyton uh, by himself. He had like 17 sacks that year or something. It was was incredible. Uh, But these guys were separated by less than two fantasy points using uh, my Keen State scoring. And Sean Lee played five less games. So mm-hmm. that's pretty wild. Right. Uh, Lee had, I am going to clarify here though. Sean Lee's always hurt. So yeah, true. <laughs> so yeah, you, you have, that has to play into this too. Right. So, but so you, you got him playing five less games. He still had 70 solo tackles, 31 assists, zero sacks, one pass defense, one pick. Von Miller played the whole season, only had 57 total tackles. Uh, he did have 10 sacks though. Three pass defense, zero picks, two forced fumbles. So, I, I guess what you're looking at here is Von Miller doesn't get injured that much. Sean Lee does. So you're rolling the dice a little with Sean Lee, but in overall IDP production, Sean Lee definitely is the guy you want. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Sean Lee as well, especially, I mean, let's say he doesn't get injured. Let's say he's, you know, can handle a full year. Um, he's out outperforming Von Miller. So it's whether or not you believe um, that that could be a possibility. Um, Whereas, you know, with Denver, I think that, you know, their offense is getting, it's definitely not what it was, you know, a few years back with uh, Peyton Manning. And, and um, I mean, their defense themselves uh, was a lot more stout back then too. I just think that um, Von Miller is, it, he, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to go Sean Lee with this one, and I think that um, it's kind of a dice shoot. Yeah, it's a little bit of a risk, but if he can stay healthy, he's, he's the man. So for me, here's, here's the difference, is you have to look at their designation because Von Miller's technically a linebacker, but realistically he's playing the edge position. He's not a traditional linebacker. He's not an off-ball linebacker. He's playing like – the three, four equivalent of the four, three defensive end. He's rushing the passer on every down, which is why his tackles are down and sacks are up. So if you're getting that edge rusher designation from Von Miller, then I'm taking Von Miller all day. Cause I think that Von Miller is like the difference between Von Miller and a lot of the other pass rushers that are going to be available is pretty good. Um, where obviously he may not be the top pass rusher, but he's definitely going to be one of the top tier pass rushers. Whereas Sean Lee, given the injury concerns and stuff may not be like, there's a good chance he doesn't finish as a top tier linebacker, you know, just based on health and everything else. So if you're giving that designation of edge, then I'm taking Von Miller. If you're 
putting them both at linebacker, then it's a little more of a toss up. Um, and I think I'm going Sean Lee just because he plays a true linebacker role. Yeah, that's that's a good point. If you can get Von Miller as that edge rusher slot, that's that's perfect. You're you're sitting sitting pretty, right there. Nice. Um, <clears throat> and we usually do one offensive one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and this one, I was surprised when I saw these guys separated by less than one point, a uh, fraction of a point. Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt last year. So Kamara, they both played 16 games, right? Kamara had 728 rush yards, eight rush touchdowns, 81 receptions, 826 receiving yards, five touchdowns receiving, one fumble lost. Kareem Hunt had 1,327 rush yards, eight rush touchdowns, 53 receptions, 455 receiving yards, three touchdowns, and also one fumble. So statistically, they, they get it done in different ways, but they ended up fantasy point-wise less than one point apart last year in, in, in some scoring, depending on your scoring. Uh, so it's a toss-up with that, but then you have to take the other factors into account. Uh, Kareem Hunt, um, who was the running back they lost right at the beginning of the year on KC? Um, Spencer Ware. Yeah, yeah, right, Spencer Ware. So does, does Spencer Ware play more this year? Do they? No. You think no. It's, it's still going to be just Kareem Hunt's job period? Yep. Still Kareem Hunt's show. Spencer wears a converted pullback, man. He's not doing shit. And they don't bring in someone else to split time with him? No. You just had one of the top running backs in the league. You don't want to. Yeah. There's no reason to do that. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if that's the way it plays out, I, I would say Kareem Hunt. But, uh, Sean, this is right in your wheelhouse. So why don't you touch on this? So I don't think you can go wrong owning either of them. But my thought here would be that probably neither of them are going to finish as high as what they did last year, just because it is so tough to finish as high as they did as a running back two years in a row. So what I would look at here is who's most likely to regress. And the interesting thing here is that Kamara probably has the higher floor because, uh, because he's got the like top tier pass catching ability for a back. But at the same time, what the what the Saints did last year with Kamara and Ingram is not sustainable. Like that was historic, and that's probably never going to happen again. So, I would bet on Kareem Hunt being the more likely one to repeat. Do you think eventually, because Ingram has been in the league a lot longer, that Kamara takes over most of that role? Does that ever happen? Yeah, I think eventually that happens for sure. Uh, probably next year, because I think Ingram will be up from contract next year, if mm -hmm. I remember correctly. Uh, but in terms of this year, redraft strictly, I think that Kareem Hunt's probably the safer pick. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I think I I agree with that, um, uh, with Kareem Hunt. I, I originally had a different idea, but you kind of won me over with that. Um, Kareem Hunt is going to get the targets or get, get the, uh, the carries, the, the carries. Thank you. Um, cause why would you, they messed with that, uh, during the season and cream hunts numbers went way down. Everyone got super, you know, flaky on him. And then, uh, Andy Reed figured it out and got him back into the game. So they're not going to mess with that anymore. So he's got guaranteed, uh, carries whereas Kamara is still dealing with that backfield with Ingram and so they're splitting carries and if 
that um that uh recipe doesn't work like it did last year then it's going to be disaster for both of them and then you've got drew Brees, who okay so your run game stops working he's just gonna throw more and, and just take it completely out of the game so I think as far as what we're looking at right now, this far away from the season, um, I'm definitely, my gut's going with Kareem Hunt. I think that's the first time we've all agreed on everything. That could be. Yeah. Need to and do it's also next time. the one I feel least confident about too, which is a strange thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, so we'll throw those out on the polls. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, so we'll see uh, what the listeners think. Yeah. For the listeners, go to our Twitter, follow us on Twitter at IDP guys. Um, we put out these polls. They last for about six days, and uh, you know we get a bunch of retweets on them and stuff. And, and you can um, you can vote, and we'll cover it on the show. And if you really want to say something even more above the uh, voting, you comment, uh, tweet at us, and let us know what you think, and uh, we'll talk about it on the show for sure. Um, but with that, let's uh, switch gears. We've got our uh, special guest, Tyler Gee, uh, coming on the line. We recorded this a little earlier, um, and we did a, uh, a nice little kind of intro and, and just a discussion on uh, Dynasty Football and um, his podcast and, and all of those kind of things. So uh, enjoy. And we're here with our special guest of the week, Tyler Gee. Uh, you can found, find him on Twitter at Tyler Gee NFL. Uh, Tyler, how are you doing? Wonderful, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, super excited to always talk a little football anywhere I can. Great, great. Definitely. Good to have you, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, like your background, you know, who you are. And uh, also add in, like, who's your team? Like, who do you root for in the NFL? Yeah, so um, I'm just kind of a, a guy that runs a runs a little website, runs a little podcast. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, who I am as a person, I, I'm I'm actually a, a school teacher by day, fantasy football lover and enthusiast by night. Um, there's no there's no mask or or costume for that one, but um, nonetheless, uh, I, I root for the Bears, and it's been. A, a, a rough couple of years, fellas. Let me tell you, but this, this offense has given me hope. I dream. I I literally kiss my picture of Mike Dicka every night right before I go to bed, and and we have faith again, me and Mike. So I'm I'm excited for what the Bears are doing. So how do you take the uh, the, the 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 name you guys get in the NFC North of uh, the the bottom Bears? Well, uh, you know, I've I've never really been opposed to being on the bottom. <laughs> so, it makes sense. No, I. <laughs> it is. I'm one of those people that I just. I'm not one of those annoying fans. One of the most annoying fans to me are the people that just won't admit that their team is bad. Yeah. Um, right. I, I have a friend that he's a huge Cowboys fan, and uh, the year before they got Zeke, they were awful. In case you all remember, and I swear that man would talk to me every week. Oh, they got cheated out or, Oh, if we can just win out, we can make the playoffs. And, Oh, and it's just like, just, just you're bad. Like just, it's not a big deal. You go through bad years. And so I I've admitted that the bears have been bad for the last couple of years. I was never a Jay Cutler fan. I was never a John Fox fan. There are multiple recordings out there of me booing both of them. And now both are gone. 
and I like Nagy a lot. I, maybe he's the answer. Maybe he's not. I, I don't know. But I like what they're doing. So whenever they the Bears start doing things and stuff, and I'm starting to see all these Bears fans come out of their closet or cave <laughs> or whatever, I'm like, uh-huh, where were you in the Dark Ages? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> where were you when Jay Cutler and freaking Kendall Wright was our best wide receiver? Where were you, man? Definitely. You, you, know, you guys have some talent now, that's for sure. I mean, it's starting, starting to build it up. You an Allen Robinson fan or not really? I am. I'm a big Allen Robinson fan. I don't think that you can throw up 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns with Blake Bortles as your quarterback by accident. Right. No, I agree entirely. Yeah. I mean, I just, and people will say, well, he was really the only show and tell. Allen Hearns was there. And I mean, we'll, we'll see, I'm already talking football, but I'm just saying, like, I just, and, and I also, I talked about this in our la- one of our podcast episodes. I said, I don't understand how to, in some ways, Allen Robinson has fallen, fall, fell from grace because he didn't do so hot um, one year. You know, he, he didn't do so great. I was like, but yet Mike Evans does that, and yet we're told that we need to buy low on him. Right, right. I mean, so because, you know, just shifted a year. Two years ago, Mike Evans finishes a wide receiver three with a 304 fantasy points. You might have to vet me on that. But three and four fantasy points on PPR. Um, so then two years ago, Allen Robinson got the same amount of points and finished his wide receiver five. So 304 points, basically right next to each other in PPR formats. Then last year, Mike Evans drops to like wide receiver 22 area. And Allen Robinson two years ago fell to wide receiver 24. So I'm just like, I don't understand. I love Mike Evans, but we just sometimes have these dynasty darlings. That's what I like to call them. Mm. Dynasty darlings. But it doesn't matter what they do. They're, they're just great talent. And so I just, I didn't understand why Allen Robinson fell from grace. I owned a lot of him, not because I'm a Bears fan, because I was scooping him up this last year when he's tore his ACL and everybody was like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about him. Like, I know how I feel about him. Yahtzee. That's right. why I feel yeah. about him. Yeah. I've been so. trying to pick him up everywhere and I just can't get anybody to bite. I'm in like every league I'm in. I got the one guy who happens to love Allen Robinson as much as I do has him, And I just can't get him anywhere. <laughs> oh, you don't buy him now. No, no, I, want, buy him I will. I will buy him whenever I can. I want <laughs> Allen Robinson on my team. Obviously the time to buy him was, right after the injury, but I'm still buying him now because I still think he's undervalued now versus where he's going to produce. Oh yeah. Well, see, see, that's already one of my guys. We'll get into this. We're, we're putting the cart before the horse, or maybe there's <laughs> not even a cart. Maybe there's not even horse. I'm not sure. We, we but, just got wheels here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, just, we're those kids, you know, with the sticks and the wheels going down the, so, the so dirt road. When, okay. when did you get okay, into painting with the colors of the wind? I like that. <laughs> when did you get into fantasy football? Was that, uh, has this been going on for a while or? So, no, I, I you know, I, I guess it has and it hasn't. Um, when I was in college, fun little fact in high school, I never watched football. Did not like it. Played, I almost played college at the collegiate level uh, for soccer. So I was a big soccer person. Never really watched it, though. And I didn't really went in the sports. And then in college, I married my wife, whose family is huge uh, Chicago Bears fans. So that's how I kind of started watching them a little bit. And then one of my friends, all my other friends play fantasy fo- football. And I said, no, nah, not into it, not into it. And they're like, well, you know, you're a math major in college. You, you probably would really like it. I'm like, uh. so I finally broke down. I did a one redraft league and I won. And I won off of just sheer dumb luck. 
It had nothing to do with me picking the right team. I won on the back of Aaron Rodgers and Matt Forte. And I literally picked Matt Forte. Why? Because he was a Chicago Bear. <laughs> and I won. Here's the craziest thing. I won the championship that year. I was up by 10 points, but my opponent is my podcaster uh, now, Nick, Nick Sigmund. He had Andrew Luck and DeMarco Murray left, and I was up by 10. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, I'm going to lose. Yeah. That was the year DeMarco Murray broke his hand. So they literally made him play like one quarter. Um, the Cowboys, or yeah, it was the Cowboys. Cowboys were destroying the Colts because Andrew Luck threw three interceptions. <laughs> so they benched Andrew Luck, and then they also benched DeMarco Murray because he had a broken hand, and they were destroying him. Wow. And I ended up winning by three points. That's why Nick was so mad. Nick was so <laughs> mad. And then the next year they say, Hey, let's start a dynasty league. Now I'm only one year in a redraft at this point. Right. So I'm like, yeah, why not? Sure. I first pick, I got like the one eleven. My first pick, if this tells you how terrible I did no research, I just dove right in and I first pick Matt Forte. <laughs> and at the time, I mean, he's 27. You know, 27 year old running back. He uh, was just, it was not like second pick was like Rob Gronkowski. I mean, I just, it was just not, I was, I was going through like a banshee. And what's crazy is I've completely turned that whole team around. It's one of my leagues that I'm always, you know, <laughs> fighting with Nick to try to win. So after that, after I turned that team around, I just, I just dove head first in the dynasty and I haven't stopped. So, um, Kind of a kind of a Cinderella from rags to riches kind of thing. Um, that's, that's I, I don't know how long that's been. I guess seven or eight years now. Nice. Oh wow, that's that's, that's cool. Uh, so what about uh, you? Got any IDP experience? Like I know you're pretty big into the offensive side and stuff, but you know we are the IDP guys, so uh, we got to ask this question. Yeah. Uh, so with IDP, I'm in one IDP league. Uh, well, I guess technically two. Um, the first league I'm in is that league, that main league that I said I did terrible on. That's my oldest running league. It's with a bunch of local people, same people. Um, it's it's about six or seven years old. We do play. You've got to play one of each position. Mm. So a, a linebacker, um, a safety, a, a corner, um, a defensive end, or a defensive tackle. I think we split it that way. I'm not sure. Right. I'd have to look. Uh, so it's, it's four defensive guys, basically. It's really not that hard. You know, you just have some basic, we just wanted to, we got rid of defenses. We didn't like just having a general defense. So we started off with just, Hey, let's do that. And we just really haven't moved from it. Um, and then I'm in one other league with Tyler Gunther and Katie Fowler and flower. I'm sorry, from under the helmet and dynasty happy hour. Few of people I really respect in the podcast community. They had a orphan team come open and this is a debbie league and i'm sure you all know but maybe the listeners don't debbie leagues are leagues where you draft college kids so you it's almost like you just can't wait <laughs> like <laughs> dynasty but it's just not soon enough what if we draft them now and so <laughs> um it's kind of interesting you know you're looking at college i mean 
college film. You're looking at guys that sometimes are freshmen or, or sophomores. I know there's even some guys that do Debbie that are looking at like high school film. Jesus. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't. This is just too <laughs> soon for me. So it, it's kind of interesting. It is a full IDP. Nate was actually a message Nate about who I should kind of pick up and stuff like that. It's a it's a fine team. Uh, I'm not going to say that my defense is great. It's a fine defense. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, it's also orphan. So I'm kind of trying to, the best thing I did was I traded Andrew Luck this off season for Marcus Mariota and Bobby Wagner. Oh, and nice. I, I thought that was a victory. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby Wagner. So, you're sitting pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Nice. So, okay. So for the listeners that, you know, don't know you as far as the, uh, the podcast, your podcast and your site and everything, just kind of go into that a little bit. Like what got you into podcasting? Um, what is the story of your site? Yeah. So we started, we started podcasting me and Nick. There's actually three of us. It's me, Nick and Jonathan. Now, for those of you that listen to the fantasy football franchise, you're like, who be Jonathan? Uh, Jonathan, (laughs) is not really on here. He's jumped on a couple episodes. Jonathan is finishing up his schooling and all those stats. He's probably going to join us later. We actually got started because me, Jonathan and Nick are huge beer brewers. We, we are home brewers. We brew. And the, the greatest part about home brewing is there's at least a couple hours where you kind of just sit and just watch it and just make sure it doesn't bubble over. Well, during this time we would talk fantasy football the whole time goofing off joking around and we always just said to ourselves why don't we podcast you know this is just we're just all three good friends we all know football um it just it just made sense and so me and nick uh, were able to kind of jump on it maybe a little earlier than jonathan was and so we started doing it for various sites and you know doing it for various sites is fine but you kind of you know you got your own boss there you know they kind of tell you what they want you to talk about and um, you know, if you bring in a sponsor, it kind of mostly goes to them and there's nothing against those sites. It's just one of those things you have your own dream, your own vision. Mm-hmm. And so we started playing around with the idea of starting the fantasy football franchise. And it was one of those names. That I was like, man, surely somebody is the franchise already. <laughs> they, it was not, it was available. There was no one, no one around was doing it. So I was like, all right, cool. So we started that in January of this year, we waited to the season finished. Um, you know, all good respects everywhere we went, but so we're doing our own thing. Now, the uh, fantasy football franchise is like a dynasty type podcast. Once we start getting closer to the season, we will talk about starts and sits. And mm-hmm. so we kind of get a little bit more redraft oriented, but we're just kind of trying to expand it as big as we can. We've got writers now. Nate on here is one of our editors. He mm-hmm. does a great job. He's helped me out a ton. And I'm just saying that because I'm on this podcast. I really mean that. Got a little brown uh, in your nose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's just it, we're just trying to make people build a franchise. And you know, a franchise can be maybe you win your dynasty league every year. Maybe you win your redraft league every year. Maybe you are the best IDP player in the entire world. That's what we want to kind of do. We want to be, um, you know, make people part of the franchise and make your team a franchise. Let people know what your work. When you join that fantasy football work league, that you're a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. Um, and we're still new. We're baby. We're baby new. We're, we're th- three months old, but we have been crawling at a very fast pace. I think so. So nice, nice. all exciting. So I got to ask you real quick, cause this has been kind of my experience with dynasty is that, 
once I started doing dynasty and keeper and salary cap leagues and stuff like that, redraft kind of just lost its shine for me. Have you had that experience or are you just still just as much into redraft as you were? I mean, I I still play in a couple of redraft leagues. The best metaphor I've ever had for it is just uh, fantasy football is like a drug. Redraft is is the gateway. Um, Some Mary Jane, if you will. And then when you start getting into the dynasty, you're talking about the harder stuff. Um, So it it just depends, I guess, on on what you're into. Uh, I, I like both. I will say, though, like a lot of my redraft leagues, I pay less attention to. Uh, like these work leagues just because I can, I mean, you know, most of the waiver, like I'll look at the waiver wire and it, it's still like, will throw me off. Like I'll look at the waiver wire. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, how is this guy on the waiver wire? And then I'm like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's redraft. <laughs> um, you know, like last, last year, I think I got like Kareem hunt just so late because we drafted before the, uh, before this injury and I got Kareem hunt just so late. I like literally the last pick maybe. Uh, and I had, um, you know, so it's just things like that. You know, it's just like, if I didn't draft this guy, he'd probably be on the waiver wire. <laughs> like, yeah. and that's just so weird to me as a dynasty player. So I will say though, I do, I do pay less attention to it. I, I, but I do think it has a place. I mean, you still gotta, it helps you with your starts and sits. Um, you know, it, it I think it also helps me reevaluate how I feel about how a person is going to do this year. In Dynasty, sometimes we can get caught up so much in the future that we forget about that, hey, in 2018, they've got to catch a football. Right. Right. No, <laughs> right? <the> like, <laughs> like, I love Chris Godwin, but it's like, I mean, how much am I, you know, banking on him starting him this year? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> he's uh, uh, as much as everybody wants to believe that he's just ready to go and everyone's super high on him, he's still, in my mind, a stash, you know, where absolutely. He might get you some points this year, but you're never going to feel comfortable, at least as it stands right now, you're not going to feel comfortable starting him. So anybody who's going in there with him and as their flex or third receiver, like you need to do some work on your roster. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So I I like redraft because I feel like it kind of keeps me in check a little bit. I like all of it. I, I, I have one keeper league. I have an untold amount of dynasty leagues. Uh, I really mean that. I, I don't even know what I'm up <laughs> right now. Um, and then I'll do about one or two redrafts. So I, I, I hit it all. I do super flex as well. I have one Debbie. I have one IDP. So odds are, if you ask me a question, I, I can decently answer it. The only one that I would say I'm not proficient at is, <laughs> sadly enough, is IDP. That's all right. You'll get there. I know little. Paquito. IDP is a hard drug, too. You'll, you'll get into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's new this year. So, I mean, I took over this orphan January. So I, I'm like two or three months into it. While I took over IDP learning that, I'm also was, you know, getting a website together, getting merchandise together, starting a starting a, a website and writers. And, you know, so I don't I don't stop a lot. Um, so I, I think this summer I'm going to start digging into it a lot more. I just got to have the time for it right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, with all of these leagues, and I, I mean, I'm a fantasy football junkie. I, I know what it's like to have, man, I, I've got two accounts on Yahoo just so I can have more than eight <laughs> leagues. Right. Um. So how do you get through, like, weekly, like, having enough time for all your leagues? Like, what specifically do you 
Like, how do you manage all of those? So I think um, one thing that helps me is just I keep an Excel file for kind of like most of my leagues. Um, I, and I'm honest with myself on what I need and what I, what is something. So I almost kind of have my own, like every league has its own two tables, basically. Um, the first, the first kind of column, not table, but column is, is basically, Hey, what are some, what are some things I'm okay to move on? So I'll say quarterback and I'll list off the quarterback. Maybe I want to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are some things that I have area of needs? So that way, when someone messages me and says, Hey, um, I'm interested in this person, then I can already kind of have an idea, like go back to that team, go back to that team name and say, okay, my tight end sucks, um, or <laughs> whatever. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing is that I feel like you just got to be self-evaluative and I try to kind of uh, bounce around a little bit between leagues. Like after I do a trade or two in one league, uh, and I'm liking what that's doing, then I probably move on to the next. I try not to obsess over one league. And a lot of times too, like I'll just have some spare time. I'll say like 30 minutes or an hour. And they know like most people in my leagues know when I say, Hey, this person's on the board. That means you need to be hitting me up in the next hour or so. Cause that's what, <laughs> that's what it's going to go on in that Debbie league. I had Sony Michelle and I was like, Hey, I got cream hunt. I got, you know, uh, Jordan Howard. I had Tariq Cohen. I have Rex Burkhead. I was looking at my wide receiver selection, looking at my tight end, both stunk. And I was like, Hey, Sonny Michelle's on the board. And some guy was like, Oh, I'm interested. I'm like, we'll send something. He never sent anything. Next thing you know, a couple hour passes. Guy sent me Cortland Sutton, Trey Burton for Sony Michelle, Frank Gore, and I think a third round pick. And so Sony Michelle was gone. <laughs> he, he even messaged. He was like, he was like, man, that was quick. And I'm like, listen, I, <laughs> I've got enough leagues. I don't have time to be like, I'll get, you know, unless you like specifically say like, Hey, I'll hit you up, you know, at this time. I'm like, okay. But you just got to move and groove and mm-hmm. maybe the Excel sheet would help you. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, sure. that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that. Now what about, so I don't know, John and I are, are joining our first, uh, what uh dynasty dynasty league this this year so we're we're like super noobs to that and from what sean said we just dived into the deep end of the ocean uh with this league that we joined auction draft like they have a monopoly game that goes on on the side and stuff but uh so when i know with redraft you know the waiver wire and, and pursuing and fishing on the waiver wire is a big thing now with you know whatever 20 leagues that you're in is that like uh, something you, you have to maintain or are you just, you know, that's just for like redraft and maybe like your keeper leagues. Sport more redraft and keeper. I mean, it just depends on the league, but I mean, that Debbie league I'm in is a 45 man roster. Wow. So with like two injuries and four taxi spots. So you, you could at any point have 51 players on your team. So there's the no the waiver wire is pretty clean. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, unless you're talking about some real deep dudes. So most people own, you know, like if I own, let's say I own LaShawn McCoy right now, I'm probably going out and trying to find the guy who owns Chris Ivory. Cause I want my backup. Now the sad part about that is he knows that. So he's going to ask a little bit more than what, you know, so it's just a lot more trades. That's why if you're going to the dynasty, I tell people you have to get an active group of people that want to trade. 
Because if you don't want to trade, then Dynasty is the most boring format you will ever be a part of. Because there is no waiver wire working. There is, I mean, there's some, I don't want to say none. That, that's a bold statement. But there's very little. The only Dynasty League I pay attention to the waiver wires a lot in would be my my, my local one, like I just said. We keep, since they, some of those guys really are more just, this is their only Dynasty League and they play a lot more redraft, our roster size is like 24. So there's still talent on the waiver wire. Um, so you kind of start having to make decisions there. So it's just team to team. I mean, and that's why giving dynasty advice is so hard. I'll say, Hey, pick up this guy. He may be there in dynasty. If you're running, rocking a 25 man roster, if you're rocking a 51 man roster, ain't no chance he's there. <laughs> like, Ain't no chance. So uh, it's just, it differs from league to league. Gotcha. Nice. Basically, don't count on your waiver wire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not existent. I look at it, but it's not the bread and butter. It's a lot more of trades. Uh, in redraft, I'm excited to maybe get two trades done the whole season. Just because that's the way, you know, it's a work league and guys mm-hmm. don't really like to trade. Maybe it's also because they know I run a website and they don't want to trade with me. Like they think I know something they don't know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> or just something weird. In Dynasty, though, I've, I've, I think I've made four trades in one league in a matter of like two hours. Wow. Just, but it's a very active league. Like I would trade for a guy and let's say I got Allen Robinson or whatever. Then someone messaged me and goes, man, that was such a good deal. I would have paid way more for Allen Robinson. Me go, would you now? <laughs> what would you have paid for Allen Robinson? You know, so uh, those kind of interactions, that they kind of happen. So Nice. Yeah, it seems like a whole different culture because, like, what my, you know, average workflow during the season is, you know, I'm just fishing through every league's waiver wire to see okay is this guy better than the guy i already have can i get him do i need to place a a waiver claim you know am i doing this on monday or am i doing this on wednesday when you know the guy is available and stuff and yeah like you you said like there's less attention to trades and um so i i guess i could see with um if you're just handling trades and handling people that um you could definitely do a lot more leagues than i mean God, uh, like the nine redraft leagues I do ends up uh, taking up a lot of time just just fishing that waiver. Oh, yeah. Waivers, I think, take so much more time. We're like literally like all my dynasty leagues. We have a chat, whether it's in Twitter, group me, box or something. And I'll literally just like I'll have some time. I'll look at my team. So, you know what? I really don't need this. Just like Sonny Michelle. I really didn't need Sonny Michelle. I love Sonny Michelle, but I didn't need him on my team. So I just tweeted out, hey, Sonny Michelle's on the board. And then I just wait. I, I send out the bait and we'll see what comes to me. And I'll, and I'll say, hey, Sonny Michelle's on the board. Really need help. And I need use it wide receiver. I need a tight end. Next thing you know, I'm seeing a trade for Cortland Sutton and Trey Burton. Thank you. This is exactly what I need. <laughs> yeah, I try to, uh, I generally try and every week send out at least one trade offer to every team in each of my dynasty leagues. Just kind of, Test the waters, see where they're at, try and just, you know, collect some of the back end stashes that I may value more than they do. I just, I try and be active all the time. Yep. Nice, nice. So, uh, well, you know, we kind of skimmed a little more over your, uh, your website and your podcast, um, just for the listeners out there who want to follow the podcast. Um, I, your Twitter is at F3 pod. Um, tell 
tell the guys more about like where to find your stuff, your uh, your articles and your um, your podcast. Yeah, so uh, we're at F3 Pod, as you just said on Twitter. That's probably the most active social media we have. We do have a Facebook group. We do have a Sleeperbot group. We do have a Reddit. We, I mean, uh, you know, and then we have a website, and that's dffranchise.com. Uh, there you can contact us. We have a, our own Gmail is uh, at dfffranchise at gmail.com. You kind of start seeing a, a, a pattern here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got articles, we got rankings, we got dynasty rankings. Uh, we're, we're going to move to redraft once the dust settles. There's still too much movement for me to start working on that. Uh, we've talked to you all, talked to Nate about maybe doing some IDP ranking. Mm, maybe, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see, uh, all about it. Just kind of making a community there, but we've got some great writers. I, Nate, Nate's even said, so he's like, man, I don't know where you got these people. I'm like, I, <laughs> Dude, I don't know either. <laughs> I was like, I just lucked out. I just, uh, uh, but yeah, podcast is there. And as far as where to find other podcasts, man, I swear if you tune, if you tune your microwave to the right setting, <laughs> I think they get us. Nice. Uh, we are on everything. Google play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Somebody the other day was like, Hey, are you on this? And I forgot what it was. And I was like, I don't know. And he goes, "Never mind. I found you. <laughs> I, we can even set that up. All right, cool. Like I was just like, um, the only one we haven't got on is, um, Spotify. And I don't know why I've sent those guys emails and r- regular letters. God knows what happened to that carrier pigeon. I sent <laughs> like, I mean, I just, I don't know. Like they're always like, Oh, you're, you're waiting for the verified stuff. Who who's verifying? right like i just i don't know like i don't know how spotify is very particular so i'm sorry for those of you spotify listeners we are trying our best yeah i think they have something to do with you know sacrificing a lamb and and you know putting it over an altar just to be able to yeah we read that part we did that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't know that Oh, I'm telling you, man, like we've sent three requests by emails and both times. And this has been, we did, we sent our first request in January when we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm like three months later, like I feel like SpongeBob, three months later. <laughs> and we're still sending them another freaking email being like, yo, like we're a legitimate podcast. We're not, we're not killing people. We're just a normal group of guys talking fantasy football. And I swear it goes right to their spam folder. Like, nope. it's too weird not us too weird that is strange i've seen some smaller podcasts on there too so it's like how do you how do you get on there yeah i I don't know i mean i'm literally like who who do i have to rub rub their inner thigh (laughs) whose inner thigh do i need to rub to get on here let me know (laughs) Uh, that's gonna be the next email yeah yeah there you go (laughs) start offering that up get you'll get the wheels turning Oh, yeah. I told you I do a lot of trading. (laughs) (laughs) Sony Michelle and an inner thigh rub on the board. (laughs) Nice. Looking for wide receiver and tight end. There we go. Well, for everyone out there, uh, make sure and listen to Tyler Gee on uh, the F3 pod with his co-host, Nick. What's his last name again? Sigmund. There we go. Nick Sigmund. Um, and check out their the website. Uh, read those articles. Share them. I know the writers would love it. Um, and if you catch them on Reddit, say hi. And uh, so with that, uh, thanks, Tyler, for coming on the show. We uh, greatly appreciate it. Well, anytime, man. Yep, definitely.
All right. It was great to have Tyler on the show. Uh, make sure you check him out um, on Twitter uh, at Tyler Gee NFL, as well as uh, his podcast, uh, F3Pod. Um, so let's switch gears again and talk about um, our article for this week. Uh, we're going to cover another um, Gary Van Dyke um, Cleat Geeks article. Uh, you can find him at hbogart27 on Twitter and Cleat Geeks at Cleat Geeks, all one word, on Twitter. Um, in this article, Gary Van Dyke kind of breaks down the IDP philosophy um, for beginners. And that's one thing, you know, it's, it's definitely good at this time of year and for our show because we're more geared towards the beginner of uh, IDP. You know, if you really want to get into deep dynasty coverage, there are plenty of other um, good uh, podcasts that break down, you know, rookies and everything. Um, but we're here basically to help guide those people that are just kind of dipping their toe in um, into IDP. But, uh, John, why don't you take it away? A lot of gas in that speech right there. Sorry. <laughs> Super gas bag. <laughs> no, I meant burp gas. That's oh, all right. oh, I just thought you were talking. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. Um, so this is only uh, one beer in. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're making progress. <laughs> so this is the IDP uh, Geek Huddle. Uh, that's the name of the article here that Gary does. And this came about, um, I was talking with him after we did our mock draft uh, yeah. last show. And he had some different ideas about how beginners and guys that don't really know a ton about IDP should be doing their draft. And I thought, hey, it's a great idea to get the listeners this information, too, so that they have options. You know, like the way we do it, um, I've been doing this for a long time. So I, I'm not worried about grabbing safeties or linebackers because I can always find one. Mm-hmm. But but if you're just starting out on this, those are the two positions that you can't you, fail. at. Yeah, you cannot screw up. They give you the most points. So you need to nail those. Uh, so with that, uh, I'm just going to cover a little bit of Gary's article here. If you want to read it, I recommend you do. He goes far more into detail than I will. Yeah, we'll uh, link it in the show notes. So yep, people can yep. get it. And we'll have all the, um, you know, the uh, Twitter handles and stuff. Right. Yeah, right, right. right. Okay. So. Gary uh, focuses here on beginning IDP strategy, which we touch on often. You know, um, to find good IDP players is different than good defensive players. Like Richard Sherman, great defensive player, great shutdown corner, shit at IDP. You would never want him in your squad ever. Yeah. Uh, and there are a lot of guys like that. Like we were just talking about Von Miller, right? Like if if you're stuck in a league where you just have LB and no edge rushers or, or anything like that, Von Miller is a guy that's got a great name and he's uh, a great defensive player, but you don't want him in IDP because he's not going to produce what you need, which is tackles, assisted tackles, tackles for loss. Those are the things that you can only count on really in IDP, uh, sacks, picks, touchdowns, stuff like that. That's, that's all frosting. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you're not guaranteed that stuff. You, you want to focus on tackles. Uh, okay. And with that said, let me hit the notes here. So, all right. Obviously, you want to nail your linebackers and your safeties because you can get the most points out of both of them. Linebacker-wise, you're looking for four threes. Uh, The middle linebacker will get you the most points, usually. Uh, For three fours, it's both inside linebackers. We've touched on this before, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, covering it again. Uh, And after you get those guys, you definitely want to go strong or free safety 
next to make sure that you can get the most points possible out of both of those positions. Uh, so like a guy like we were just talking about, like Landon Collins or Rashad Jones or someone like that, they score if they're the best ones, almost like linebackers or sometimes even better than linebackers. So you definitely don't want to screw those up. Uh, Gary has also touched on corners, how there's uh, corners are notoriously tough to predict in IDP. So what he does is he looks at matchups first um, and then kind of guys that are, Sean's touched on this, guys that are opposite of big names, like the guy across from Patrick Peterson, Mm -hmm. who's going to get picked on all game. That's a guy that you want to stream or go with because he's going to have more opportunity for pass breakups and tackles. Let me show you what the turkey hole is. Absolutely. Um, outside linebackers, unless you're getting the edge rusher or they're, or they're sometimes you know put in as a defensive end, they're mostly sack dependent and they're not going to be as good for you or as consistent for you tackle-wise. So you want to stay away from those guys. Uh yeah, I already talked about forget big names. Um, bad offenses are good for IDP. Last year, Cleveland. Cleveland's mm-hmm. offense was goddamn awful last year, right? And who were... Uh, okay, so Joe Schobert yep. was, was, uh, led the league in combined tackles. Christian Kirksey was right behind him. Jamie Collins was there till he got hurt. And James Burgess stepped in when Jamie Collins got hurt and was a huge producer also. And that was all basically off of Cleveland's offense going three and out ten times a game. Uh, this year they're going to be better uh, offensively with all the moves they've made. So you know we'll see. We'll see who they draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Browns they, they don't have a curse. Josh Allen, <laughs> then buy all of the Browns players you can on defense. It, exactly. That dude is bad. Right, right. But it, it, just just looking at it, you know, quickly, it looks like they're not going to be as god awful horrible as they were last year, which means. Joe Schobert, Christian Kirksey, all those guys, they take a step down. They're, they're not going to be on the field as much, so they can't produce as much. These are the things you're looking for. You know, the opportunity is the the best thing you can get. Uh, there are a lot of guys that get their stats by default, and um, that's something you can find during the year. Preston Brown last year uh, was one of the three guys that tied for the league uh, for most combined tackles. If you look at Preston Brown's stats the year before, not even remotely close. So last year, what happened was Zach Brown leaves, goes to Washington. Preston Brown steps into that middle linebacker slot, takes over that production. He's not even really a great talent, but he's just in the right place at the right time. So those are things you want to be looking for, too. Uh, Gary has talked about you can stream corners. Um, We're just touching on that. You can also stream uh, defensive ends and defensive tackles. Uh, if you don't get some of it, like, because there's a big drop off with that. Mm-hmm. If you don't get Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, um, Ingram, guys like that, the next tier down is losing a ton of production. So if you can't get those guys, you can stream by matchups also. You want to look for bad offensive lines, right? Like, uh, who was it? Was that David Carr years ago that set the record for most sacks in a season? That was David, right? The brother? Yeah. 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 Right, so that would have been an offensive line that you target. Whoever is the defense playing against them that week, you take uh, whoever the end is that's available or a defensive tackle if you need one, and there's a pretty good shot that that guy's going to get a sack, right? So those are the kind of things you want to look for if you can't get one of those top defensive ends or defensive tackles. You can stream by doing something like that. Yeah, basically anyone playing the uh, opposite of Trey Flowers. <laughs> yeah, exact. Right, right. Yep, absolutely. You can look at little things like that. And if you didn't manage to get one of those really, really good producing 
guys you can you can stream through something like that uh gary broke down his draft strategy here i'm just going to go through that real quick so in in order here he says get middle linebacker first uh if you can't get a really great middle linebacker like a luke keekley zach brown that type of deal you want inside linebackers on a three four that would be someone like a bernardrick mckinney um God, there are a bunch of others, uh, just not thinking right now. And then third would be weak side linebacker, in that order, right? Because those are the, the three that are going to get you the most points descending from middle linebacker down. The next thing you want to get is a good strong safety or free safety. You know, it doesn't matter which position they play there as long as they get you the points. Uh, Rashad Jones, Landon Collins, um, Eric Weddle to a lesser extent, uh, someone like that. Uh, between those two positions, that's where 90% of your IDP points are going to come from. So you don't want to fuck those two up. Th those are the two you got to nail. Uh, what we've always said, or, or we've talked about, is getting defensive line first because we know enough that we can come back and, mm -hmm. get, and get a linebacker later or get a good safety later. Like, not a lot of people know about Buda Baker, right? He's going to be huge next year. I don't imagine he's going to be getting drafted where Rashad Jones or Landon Collins are. But you're going to get similar type production, I mean less, but but close enough production out of him that you can save him for later and get a defensive end or a tackle first and know that he's in your pocket for later, right? But if you're new to this, you don't want to play around with that kind of stuff. You, you want to get your solid inside linebackers, solid safety, and that takes care of most of your production IDP-wise. Uh, the third thing he says is defensive line. If you can get one of those big name guys, if they're still there, like Bosa, uh, Khalil Mack, whatever, um, Cameron Jordan, those are the guys you want. If not, he says, go back and secure depth at safety and linebacker because you're going to have injuries. You're going to have bye weeks. Most IDP leagues have multiple linebacker slots. Um, I know most of them we play in have two safety slots. So you want depth at those positions because they're the highest point scoring positions. Uh, so if you can't get that name brand defensive end defensive tackle, you want to secure some depth at those two spots. Uh, you can stream defensive line if needed, like we just talked about. Uh, and then after that, he says, go after your sleepers and your flyers. Like that would be a, a Buda Baker this year. Um, who, who else do we think are going to be some good sleepers this year? Derwin James, right? If he lands in the right spot. Yeah, I think a lot of the rookies are going to be, it depends what you're doing, where, you know, in redraft, especially in redraft, people don't tend to pay attention to rookies, which I think on offense is generally good practice when you're going into a draft. Um, on defense, though, you know, you get a lot more production out of your rookie guys just because you have, I mean, depending on the situation, some guys won't see the field as much early, but a lot of times those rookies will get picked on rookie corners, rookie linebackers. And so they'll get a chance to rack up the tackles and they're also not household names. So they're guys that you can get later in drafts, you know, where like Jared Davis was kind of set up for a ideal situation last year where, you know, there are going to be a ton of linebackers that go off the board before him, but we kind of knew he was going to get picked on in, in uh, coverage. And we knew that the Detroit Lions linebacker, were not all that good and he was going to get a chance to rack up a lot of tackles in the center of the field so it's just kind of one of those things where you want to look at the look at the rookies and look at who's going to get a chance to start and determine whether they're going to get picked on or not you know 
Definitely. I, that's funny. You, you mentioned Jared Davis. I was just going to say that. I was going to say Jared Davis and Tredavious White last year, great examples of guys that are rookies that weren't household names but fell into great situations that gave them really solid IDP production in their rookie years. So you want to look out for stuff like that. Um, and the last thing he said would be go, this is very similar to Sean's take. The last thing you want to do is fill out your cornerbacks because they're the least reliable, least predictable, uh, spot. So he says, go for opposite corners of big name guys, like, uh, whoever's across from Richard Sherman, across from Patrick Peterson, across from Darius Slay, uh, or more likely what Sean does and what I do, um, is stream for each week based on matchup. Um, you know, say, okay, so who throws a shit ton of completions, right? Um, Tom Brady, uh, Drew Brees, if it's the right situation, um, you know, quarterbacks like that, you want to pick the defense across from them and then pick the corner you think is going to get picked on. You can stream that guy for that week and most likely you'll get a bunch of tackles, a bunch of pass defenses out of it. So that's, that's Gary's strategy there. And I would say that this is a more foolproof strategy for not screwing things up like this mm-hmm. is a good way to make sure you're gonna have a solid idp squad that's uh gonna produce for you whereas the 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 ways we've talked about it is a little more risk um you know a little risky it's a little advanced yeah i would say yeah. that this is this is the strategy if you're new to idp to be able to have a good team and have fun with this, you know, style of play so that you could eventually get to where, you know, where we usually describe of allowing some things to go later so that you can get better players in, uh, in different positions. Um, so, you know, it, it's important. Oh, here comes the burps. I'm sorry, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ, man. It's the second beer. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's just so that, you have a a strategy going into your first draft so that when you come out of it, you're not getting your asshole reamed because the guy you're playing gets 50 points just from his defense. Right. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a good way to make sure that you're getting the most production possible out of your most important slots in IDP. And that's huge. That's absolutely huge. So... I think having Gary's strategy out here, and if you read the article, you get more out of it, um, is is good because then you know you can you've got his strategy, you've got our strategy. I'm sure you'll hear other things. Uh, the more options you have, the better. So yeah. that's that's kind of why I wanted to cover this. And just real quick, um, coming up in the next couple of weeks, there are three or four articles coming out on Cleek Geeks that are going to be pretty awesome. Uh, one is a pre- uh, preview of the Tennessee Titans IDP situation mm. with uh, Kevin Biard and um, God, who else is there? Oh, Adoree Jackson, uh, guys like that. Um, then there's going to be a Giants one talking about Collins, Ogletree, Snacks Harrison, Looking Olivia Looking forward Vernon. to that. Yep, that's going to be really sweet. Uh, there's one where a dynasty player sends in his orphan team that he took over with a, a really bad or kind of horrible IDP defense and Gary talks about how he can save it and fix it. Uh, so that's really good to see the thought process of IDP. That'll be coming out soon. Um, yeah, those are the three I know of. So just, nice. you know, pay attention to at geeks at hbogart27 on Twitter and cleekgeeks.com and there'll be plenty of good stuff coming down the road. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also really like in Gary's article, um, he's got some good charts. Um, one of them that I just want to mention before we move on is uh, he he breaks out the positions 
um, kind of the inside linebacker in a 3-4, a middle linebacker, 4-3 weeks, you know, going down the line. And, and he breaks them to, okay, so how many of these players are in a top 64? How many are in the top 32? All the way down to uh, the top eight. So when you're looking at, okay, so in a position who is making the best of the best, you know, in the 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 middle linebacker, there's nine. Um, inside line, linebacker, eight. Weak side linebacker, there's only three that get into the top eight. Uh, and this is based off of um, statistics from NFL.com um, from 2015 through 2017. So then when you get out of linebacker and you go into safety, only one makes it into the top eight. You know, so that's why these are more at a if you can get that one, it's almost equal to that linebacker, you know? Um, and, and so that's where our strategy comes from. But if you miss out, you know, say you're, you're drafting and for our strategy, we'll go for that one safety. And then we know that like one of the top 26 guys, we, we know who that will be so we can grab them. And so we're still getting the production. But if you miss out on, you know, uh, top 26, top 32 linebackers, you know, that's kind of uh, tough to say. If you know what you're doing, you're not going to do that. But if you're new to this and you miss out, you're really, really screwing your team. Yeah. Then you got to hope that you find someone during the season and that someone else doesn't find them first. And and at that point, you're just not having fun anymore. And this whole thing is based around having fun watching the TV and not worrying about why I, none I of this cra- is about fun. This is all about being better than Nate. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah. But so, you know, definitely read the article. It'll be um, linked in our show notes. And, um, you know, Gary is the guy that we go to for, um, you know, a lot of information because he's, he's, he's just a great resource and, you know, you, contact him and talk to him he's he's a great guy so um but with that let's move on to continuing our top 100 idps powered by ffstatistics.com slash app that's uh addison hayes's uh statistic website we're kind of adjusting it um because it not the numbers we're doing 70 through 61 but our, our presentation of it um going through individually a lot of these guys that frankly wouldn't really make any of our teams um seems a little uh, uh. yeah we don't have much to say about them because we're not we're not in the meat yet to be honest with you i out of the whatever 20 30 guys we've done already maybe two have been on any of my idp rosters ever right right and so we're going to kind of bust through these uh, quickly. I'm just going to say them all. We'll talk about them as a group. And then um, we're heading towards the good stuff. Yeah. Once we get into the good stuff, then we'll break out and we'll talk about guys individually. Um, but so uh, at number 70 is Craig Robertson uh, from New Orleans. Uh, 69 is Von Miller of Denver. We talked about him a little bit. Uh, 68 is TJ Carey of Oakland. Uh, 67, Tredavious White, Buffalo. 66 is Eric Weddle of Baltimore. 65, Jaleel Aday, Chargers. Uh, 64 is Patrick Anwasor, Baltimore. 63 is Earl Thomas, Seattle. 62 is Trey Boston of the Chargers. And 61 is Bernardrick McKenney of Houston. What do you guys think about those those players? 
so just real quick, I wrote down some of the guys that piqued my interest as we went through that. Uh, we did talk about Von Miller earlier, very sack dependent, but um, if you do have that slot, like Sean was talking about, the edge rusher slot, or if he gets somehow labeled as a defensive end, um, absolutely plug him in there. He's great for that. Uh, Tredavious White, we talked about in one of the past couple shows here, was a great rookie uh, corner on Buffalo last year. May take a little bit of a dip in um, stats just because, you know, he will improve going into next year and probably will be thrown at a little bit less. Um, Bernardrick McKinney was one of my favorites coming into last year but took a little bit of a nosedive stats-wise. But mm-hmm. um, with Cushing um, <clears throat> not being on the Texans anymore, there's a chance he could make a little bit of a comeback stats-wise. Uh, Eric Weddle is a good bi-week guy or a good injury replacement guy, but he was very spotty. Um, Patrick Anwasor was actually on the uptick coming you know, into the, towards the end of last season. I remember when we did our weekly breakdowns of the top IDP guy on each team, uh, must have said his name a good four or five times. So he, he's someone to look at there. Um, Earl Thomas, I just wish he would come to the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> but that's probably not going to happen. And um, yeah, that, that's what I got out of those guys. Those are the ones that piqued my interest. Um, what do you think, Sean? Anything? I really like Trey White still. I, uh, I don't know. It, he's one that I was happy to be wrong about because I – was not a huge fan of him coming out of college and he really showed well. So I'm kind of rooting for him now. So it might be my personal bias, but I do think he's still going to have a good year over in Buffalo. And I think that, I think that he's probably still going to be underrated too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's still on my list of corners to target, um, just kind of going into this year. So definitely. Nice. <clears throat> yep. Okay. So with that, let's uh, let's let's hear some Johnny the Greek. <clears throat> okay. So uh, they put up the NFL futures for next year. Um, the only thing I, I looked at a couple just to see if anything struck my fancy, and the one um, me and Sean kind of talked about and, and thought was pretty good was uh, the Saints are at twenty to one next year. Um, I mean, barring that miracle play in Minnesota, they would have been in the uh, NFC Championship game this year. Uh, you know, Michael Thomas gets a year older, um, Kamara gets a year older, but, but I mean, I think with both of them, cause they're young, that helps them improve their game. Um, Ingram's still going to be there for another year. The defense should get a little bit better. Uh, and they're at 20 to one right now. So mm-hmm. 10 bucks will get you 200. I mean, you can't really argue with that. Who 10 bucks. That's what a, a sandwich at Subway and some chips for a chance at a couple hundred dollars. They raise the prices. It's just a sandwich. $5 footlongs. What the fuck, man? <laughs> That's only if it's the sandwich of the week. <laughs> Talking it, about the premium. It's subs. in quotes. I think, $5. I, at Subway. I think it's been like 10 years since I've eaten at Subway. So I don't know. I don't oh, even back know when it was actually $5 for a footlong. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been 10 years probably. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had Quiznos. They got rid of the only one near us. I wish That's we had so Jimmy good. John's. I don't know what that is. It, it's no, amazing. It, you don't though. What? You don't. It's 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 okay, but it's something where you know you go and you you really think you want Jimmy John's, and then you have Jimmy John's, and you're done, and you're like, yeah, that was okay, but like now I kind of want to eat something else, <laughs> like Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. just anything else. I don't know. It's like, yeah, that was okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, but um, but yeah. So I would say Saints twenty to one. That that looks good. Uh, Patriots are at six to one, but I don't know. That that's 
Yeah. Well, here's remember. my thing. Here's my thing, though. I think you're better off. T- like, I like twenty to one on the Saints because I trust Drew Brees. I like the running game, and I think they have a lot of young talent on that defense. And I think that talent's going to keep improving. My main issue is that the NFC is such a fucking gauntlet this year. Yeah. That like, I would love to take a look at the odds in the AFC and just see who you can take other than the Patriots. Cause but who's going like, to actually be there? Other uh, than the, well, Patriots? The, the Steelers were at like 14 or 15 to one. Um, That's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, God, who else is there in the AFC? I might like the Steelers better there than I do the Saints. I don't know. It's tough to say, but I definitely would try in favor. If you're going for an NFC team this year, like if you want to throw one up on the NFC, one on the AFC, I think 20 to one is pretty good on the Saints. I think you want to find somebody other than the Patriots that you have confidence in in the AFC just because like the AFC is so much weaker than the NFC this year. The NFC is just fucking loaded and I'm I'm pissed that I'm a fan of an NFC team this year. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. Well, I mean, yeah. but it's the same old song, same old dance. Everyone thinks the Steelers will topple the giant of New England and then the Steelers get into like the second round of the playoffs and lose. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm talking about we're talking about Super Bowl though. Like Well, that's the, what I'm saying. They're not even going to get there. Like I want six six to one odds for the Patriots to be there. That means Vegas is pretty much like, yeah, they're gonna be there. Right. So but, your but, only other chance is a NFC team. Yeah, but uh, but like Sean was saying, the NFC teams are so good this year. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to pick, right? Because they're all great. I think a bunch of them could beat the Patriots. A whole bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. And that. I mean, the Nick Foles beat Tom Brady. <laughs> like, come on now! But you know that. Like, okay, what, no. what Nick AFC... Foles did not. Nick Foles did not beat Tom Brady. Tom Brady dropped a pass that lost him a Super Bowl. <laughs> eh. I think Big Dick Knowles. Knowles. Foles. No, that, that was sarcasm, but no, <laughs> yeah, Nick yeah. Foles was not the one that did that. Like, I mean, he did he call good, that play. Had, he had a good game, but that was not Nick Foles beating Tom Brady. That was the Eagles beating the Patriots. There's a big difference there. I don't know. QB wins. I mean, this is a step Jesus that Christ. Uh, <laughs> this is why I wanted Bortles to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you listen to uh, Puzzlesny's neck, uh, he's going to. Yeah, Bortles is elite. Anybody on my uh, Twitter feed knows this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so with that, uh, put your money and all your stock into the Saints to win the Super Bowl next year. No, I'd say according like, to Johnny the Great, like ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> put your kids' tuition fund <laughs> into the Saints. Um, just, cu- just curious. Do you have the numbers in front of you or no? Nah, no. I was kind of curious what the Lions had. Oh, it's a hundred to one. That's a good question. <laughs> it's got to be worse than that, right? Yeah, probably. I don't. I mean, there's only what thirty-two teams, so. <laughs> oh, sad. Yeah, but okay. So with that, um, make sure and follow us on Twitter. Uh, we are the IDP guys. So at IDP guys individually, I'm at Nate Cheat. John is at Orange Man three one four two. Sean is at Lanny one nine two five. Uh, make sure and subscribe to the show. If you came to us via a uh, link on Twitter, 
You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, as well as all of the podcatchers that are out there lurking um, that we don't know about and did not submit our our uh, content to, but is there. Um, you can support us also on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash IDP guys, and definitely make sure to be around for the live draft party uh, hosted by Detroit Lions podcast YouTube channel. Um, I'll be helping out behind the scenes with that. And it's been a great show the last two years. And this year we're ramping up the uh, the extra stuff, I guess. You know, the commentary is good, but now we're bringing in more of the video, more of the um, graphical elements, so to say. Um, And that's kind of where I'm helping out with. Uh, But with that, we've... uh, We've exhausted our our uh, topics for the day, and uh, you guys got any final notes? It's uh, fifty to one, by the way. Hashtag Bortles is elite. Duval. All right, we're here with our special guest, Tyler Gee. Uh, he is on Twitter at Tyler Gee NFL. Uh, hey, Tyler, how's it going? Hey, guys, thanks for uh, having me on. I love talking fantasy football, so, uh, and I love, I love a little, 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 a little,